This is the Champagne and Socks podcast. I'm Elisa. Another renegade recording from me. Everybody is out. The baby is in his cot, happily playing with the toy. I've got 20 minutes. Let's go. It is hot where we are. Hot, hot, hot. So not too much gardening going on. Definitely out there watering everything every day and seeing what's going on. Last weekend, I managed to get eight bags of mulch out onto areas that I'd already done soil improver on, which is really great because now I've got bits of the garden I can look at that are pleasing and look gardenish. Something about dark sort of lush soil that makes it feel like a garden. So hoping that I will get to Bunnings tomorrow and grab some more mulch and expand it. I also put out a super tiny bird bath, which I think is just kind of drying out because it's so sunny, but hoping that will be something nice that we can add to the garden. A couple of my plants look like they are happy to be getting watered better and soil improver. So there are a few areas that have new sprouts and look like they're actually growing, which is really good. And I had a win because I bought a small grass plant right before Christmas. Our anniversary is two days before Christmas and we were out and we had nothing to do after we did this lovely lunch thing so we popped into a nursery and I grabbed some plants and I couldn't work out whether it was because the pots had been in the hot car for a while after that or if it got manhandled or something but the plant just kind of collapsed and then died and so I was sort of watering it and still adding I think I fertilized it and added some mulch and stuff kind of hoping it would make it and it looked like it had died so I trimmed back all the dead spiky bits because it was a spiky grass and then I found tiny green shoots not a lot maybe 10 at the base and inside the plant so I'm very excited that it's not dead so that's the garden I had a tragic episode with my best tomato plant I had bought some trellis that was kind of for plants to grow around so it's circular or maybe it's like cone shaped and I had tried to insert it after the plant was like, I don't know, a metre and a half high. Yeah, put the whole thing together and as I went to pick up the cone to stick it in the ground and the entire plant just split about 10 centimetres from the base. So that was my biggest tomato plant and it had a lot of tomatoes on there and I tried to see what will ripen off the vine. Not not much as it turns out so I was a bit sad and I think I'm losing my peas um, as well and I don't know why whether I'm overwatering them or they are in too sunny a spot or whether they didn't like being in with the cucumbers I'm not sure but it looks like I've lost all of them so that's a bit sad but I had my first Lebanese cucumber and it was delicious and I'm hoping that I'll have lots and lots of cucumbers because I plan to pickle them my first Lebanese eggplant has come off the plant, but I have not eaten it yet. I am enjoying looking at the fact that I actually grew an eggplant. My lemon tree is looking awesome, and so is my lime tree. So what happened was I bought a lemon and a lime tree, both dwarf plants, to put in pots because I just feel like you need a lemon tree. I don't know if that's an Australian thing, but you need a lemon tree. You need to have problems like, oh no, my lemon tree has too many lemons. That's that's like a thing that's pretty Australian suburban. 
And I also wanted a lime tree because limes are super expensive and I quite fancy drinking a lot of gin and tonics in summer and also just adding lime to water because that's delicious. So I thought, well, I'll grow my own lime tree. So I bought those two when I was sort of hanging out at Bunnings a couple of months ago and I planted them and then it was really windy in the spot where I originally had all my veggies and it's not always really windy here so I hadn't really noticed and then it was a day that the sea breeze was just really strong and I moved everything but the trees did not like having been transplanted into the pots and then subject to a lot of wind that day. So I was really worried about them because I've previously had some dwarf fruit trees in pots and just lost them. Admittedly, that was from not watering, which turns out you need to water pot plants. So I moved them and I've been really nursing them. And the lemon tree finally started some shoots and it's actually put on a fair bit of extra growth, which is exciting. But the lime tree just really looked unhappy. But in the last two days, I've noticed teeny tiny beginnings of shoots. So it's happy and it's going to grow and that's very exciting. And I don't know how long that takes to get limes, but I really, really want limes. And I have some watermelon seedlings. About 50% of them did not make it, but 50% of them have. And I just, I can't believe you can actually grow watermelons. That seems really hilarious. So I'm waiting to see if I will actually grow watermelons. Oh, and I successfully have grown garlic. I took a couple of cloves from some really old and getting ready to throw out heads of garlic from inside the house and I just put them straight in the ground to see what happens. They have sprouted. They look pretty cool. I don't know what you do if you just like yank the whole thing out of the ground and you have another head of garlic. I mean that's the theory right? I haven't done it yet but I'm really pleased and I have so much so many spring onions as well from having done a similar thing with the bottom root bit of spring onions and my friend Terry reckons that you just then trim them instead of yanking them out of the ground and then they'll regrow which I have this kind of morbid fascination about like forcing a spring onion plant to just keep regrowing itself I don't know if I have some guilt attached to enjoying its leafy oniony goodness in my salads but we'll see I'm sure I'll get over it so that's my gardening at the moment, just trundling along. I can report that I finally finished a quilt block swap block and it was the final one in that chain. So that's just finally gone in the mail to the person whose blocks they are. I finally made the block and then measured it and for some reason I made an 8 inch block for a 10 inch block set. I have no idea how that happened, none. And I feel terrible about it because I'm the person now that she has to put a border around the block to make it work. I am not pleased, but I, it was quite a fiddly block, so I just need to choose less hard blocks. Anyway, I have one more block on me that I'm going to need to think about how I'm going to approach. It's a stained glass series and I'm not sure how I want to do that in hand sewing but that's sitting there for me to think about and something that I didn't quite admit in my last recording was that I was about to and I have since done so started sewing along for the 365 challenge which is a quilt block a day every day for this year and it's the second year that this is running and it looks like it's being run by an Australian woman and I love it because each day you get an email 
because I'm in WA, you get the email at about 10 or 11 o'clock at night for the next day. It has a nice little blurb about the history of the block and the different names for the block and when it was first seen and so on and then the instructions for the block. It is for machining and I'm just converting it to hand sewing and I think that'll be fine. I started off behind, of course I did because that's the kind of thing I do and I've been trying to catch up so I figure as long as I do one block a day then at least I'm standing still and if I do two a day I will eventually catch up. I think I'm about five behind at the moment and today is the 28th so I should be able to catch up and I decided that I would use all the fabrics that I put aside for my dear Jane that I have got everything for except the templates and I just haven't been able to make myself start that quilt. So I'm on fabric diet and so this is totally legitimate because I'm not buying new fabrics for this quilt and I'm quilting and I'll just have to figure out what happens for the Dear Jane quilt at some other point in time and that's all totally fine. I've ended up having to grab some of my Japanese fabrics for this because I don't actually have enough dark green. I'm making this quilt in greens and pinks. Going through a green phase. I was in a green phase like 20 years ago and I've been in I guess a pink and chocolate phase for a while. And I seem to be moving into greens this year, which of course is totally in touch with Pantone's colour of the year, which is a green, but it was accidental. I am kind of enjoying this project. The quilts, the block sizes are three inches or six inches. Sometimes they are really easy and they're just two pieces, like there's one block that's just two triangles. You know, just when you sort of think, oh, this is, this is pretty easy, I can knock this out in, you know, 15 minutes or whatever then the next day's block will have like 28 pieces to it. So there's some really tiny squares. So like four squares making an inch by inch block. And I have a feeling that they'll probably drop down to triangles. And then I really hope that it's not even smaller than that. I think one inch wide is, no, I think half an inch wide is the smallest she's going to go. I really hope that that's the case because it's very very fiddly but I'm really enjoying it so I'll put some photos up of that on Instagram as soon as I've pressed all my current finished blocks so I can see what I'm doing I'm not overly convinced that the colors work but I'm going to finish this quilt with that intention that I set out for because not everything you have to do needs to be perfect and quilts still are functional even if you don't think that you pulled off the colors and I'm enjoying it and I can't figure out whether it will work till I get to the end and I think you get to play around with the layout of the blocks and I might be able to make it work that way as well. So wrestling with self-doubt, which I think is an important exercise to press on even when you have that voice inside your head going, I actually think this sucks. Embrace that is my philosophy. It might suck. It's a quilt. It will still keep people warm and that's pretty cool. Do get in touch and tell me what you're up to. Thanks to the people who have reached out to me. Um, I'm especially excited to find people listen to what I'm doing and are maybe working on the same projects that I am. And there have been a few people come across to our quilt block swap. Just uh, request to join and I'll send you a message to verify who you are. Because did you know that there are people on Facebook who totally just join groups as a thing that they do, even when they're not interested in being in it? 
Yeah, I didn't know that either, but there you go. Alrighty, I can hear the baby crying in the background, so that's me for this week. I will edit this and hopefully have it up by tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to the Champagne and Socks podcast, a podcast of all things craft. You can now subscribe via iTunes, leave a review if you like, join the craft circle and tell us what you're working on this week. Email me at champagneandsocks at gmail.com or find me on Twitter as Champagne Socks. I'm over on Ravelry as Girlie Jones. Also find the Ravelry group, Champagne and Socks. Finally, photos and links for this episode can be found in the show notes at champagneandsocks.com. Speak to you later.